back to another episode of the Arsenio ZSL podcast. I'm very grateful to be back as always. And today's another business English one. We're going to be talking about a change champion. See, I'm going to tell you this. It is very difficult for people to adapt to change. This isn't just me being a coach and me coaching students in terms of TOEFL and stuff like that and looking outside the box. I remember I had a student earlier this year. She's like, oh, I can't write that much. I can't do this. I can't do that. I had plenty of students throughout the year that was just like that. And to be honest with you, it's like if you're not going to even attempt to adapt and see the situation and what you have to achieve from a different perspective, you're going to be doomed. There's nothing I could do to help you with. Now, within bureaucracies, within companies especially, I think some of the biggest things to overcome is just people who are imposing a lot of different things and especially how people go on the attack very quickly. Now, I don't know, what what was it? There are a couple of times. These are the last two meetings that I had. I had a meeting probably early 2016. I had to sit in front of one of the most racist women on the planet. She was actually one of the heads of the company, the tutorial center. And I still remember she took a photo or somebody took a photo of all the teachers at this tutorial center from all branches. There were like 25 old geezers that were all white, but there was one black guy, the Ugandan, Nelson. And she messaged and said, why'd you put that black guy in the photo? This is the Thailand that, uh, again, I do believe that these things still exist, but people are becoming more, uh, they're they're becoming more aware of the ignorance, especially given the fact that Netflix is not just a white movie type of thing. You know what I mean? Like people are exposed to more cultures. But I had to give a presentation to her in terms of teaching conversation classes. Now, when I taught conversation classes, I had a class start at pre-intermediate and they went all the way up to intermediate. That was 200 hours. I made that company I think in that little load, especially with all those students and just that class alone over the course of two years, that was literally like $7,000 that I made that company. And I still remember before it all happened, I had to give a presentation and say, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this and that. And I still remember that same racist lady is like, well, how do we get the teachers to teach that? I'm like, well, maybe if you stop hiring teachers based on color, and you start hiring teachers based on their competency and how outgoing they are, you might be able to start there and find some really good teachers. Because by you just hiring a bunch of people based on the color of their of their skin, you're already like of a 19, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 mindset. So again, that is someone who's like, oh, well, uh, you know, well, I, I don't think we have the teachers to do that. And I'm like, well, that sounds like a personal problem. You know, there are other times that I, uh, I I think about a year before that, I told you guys this on a number of occasions. The last real meeting I had, it was a bitch fest between old men. It was a bitch, fe- a bitch fest between old men. I was the man at that time already. And it was funny because, because I was already the man at that time, a lot of people hated me because I was the man. I was the highly sought after teacher at that time because of the amount of energy I brought to my lessons because of especially the feedback. Again, feedback was already, uh, was like always very important at this tutorial center, which could always be very biased too. So you have to beware. Considering that I was in Thailand and teaching at this place from 2014 to 2017, where 
many students didn't want to learn with me because I was black. You know what I mean? So if someone had a vendetta against me for a long time, and although they went through the 50 hours and they were very fine, I taught a whole bunch of group of dentists. I taught many people before. Right after that, apparently had the worst feedback in the world. And I was just scratching my head saying, hold on, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on up in here? This doesn't make any goddamn sense. And so when these things started happening, I told myself and said, okay, well, you know what? Fuck feedback. I'm going to go in there because my intent's in the right place. My integrity is there. I have the capabilities and I always get the results. Now, adapting to change. Older people in this country do not adapt to change. We already know that. Older people worldwide do not want to adapt to change. You could go down the street in Provo, Utah, and I could tell you right now, you could ask the most out, outrageous questions in terms of, do you ask somebody over the age of 50, do you believe in interracial dating? They're going to be like, no, I think these people need to stay with these couples and this needs to stay with that. True story. It actually happened. And so these things are apparent. So are you going to be able to adapt and change, or are you going to be the blockbuster of the world? We know that what had happened to Blockbuster, this is a video, a video store where you could rent out movies and stuff like that. And then Netflix came along and blew them the fuck out of the water. And so these little things and nuances, they happen on a consistent basis. And we always have to ask ourselves, you know what? Well, if I do not, and all of you who are listening to me right now, you adapted to change. When? During COVID. A lot of people sunk. A lot of language centers sunk. They were like, online learning? No way. That's stupid. A lot of Thai people are like, no, in class, in class. And you know what? Three years later, I have a whole bunch of companies online through the tutorial center I work at. One, because, well, they don't pay me enough per hour and for travel to go there and waste an hour and a half going there and an hour and a half coming home. That means you're going to have to pay me about five hours worth, not two hours worth. And that's on top of the travel too. So a lot of people are unwilling to do that. And that's why it's like, hey, you know what? Online is much, much better. And so absolutely. I'm getting ready to, what is it? To finish with the Greenpeace organization. You guys are going to be hearing some really cool things from them. And, you know, that's definitely the most comical and the most exciting class that I ever had, you know? And it's because, well, they said, okay, well, I'm going to adapt. I'm going to, you know, and, uh, you know, we're they're very outside the box. This is the new generation. So they're very fun. A lot of people know. A lot of people like textbooks. A lot of people don't like to learn the way I coach and the way I train. People just like to be told what to do. I remember in 2020, I had a student and she was a newer generation. And she worked for one of the companies. I'm like, okay, we're going to do corporate finance and this and this. Next thing you know. She complained to the sorry ass women who were working at the time. And then they gave her to another teacher. And I'm like, what the fuck? You didn't even tell me. They're like, oh, yeah, she just wants to, you know, learn from the book. Page one, page two, page three. Page... I said, you know what? There are plenty of teachers out there that can teach her from that. They, she could go find them instead. And so to be honest with you, that book, 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 book teacher, I'm way past that. I'm not spending the remaining of my life, you know, my the, re, the remaining of my life on this planet going over something that other people have taught 50 years ago and 100 years ago. Fuck that. You can find someone else to do that. 
I want to do things that are, you know, driven by my spirit, you know, something that challenges me to learn and challenges my students. And this is why I stopped especially doing, um, what is it? The, uh, you know, working with um, students, uh, you know, Thai students, because I'm like, this really isn't fulfilling work. Even if I were to get an offer somehow, some way, I used to, you know, I used to have contacts, but now I'm just like, you know, I'm way past, you know, doing anything and going to companies and stuff like that, unless it's near me and you guys are going to have to fork over quite a bit, you know, because I'm building up something that's bigger than not just doing something that's really quick. Remember, you guys, I told you guys about the company at the beginning of this year. I mean, I'm sorry, at the beginning of last year. That relationship went south very quickly. Because the lady was supposed to pick me up, I believe, at, I forgot what time it was. I think she was supposed to pick me up at 8. She ended up picking me up. Uh, the, the guy got there at 7. She even confirmed the day before. She said, okay, he's going to drive back right now. I say, you're going to, well, you want me to wait for 45 minutes for him to pick me up? Yes. You want me to get there exactly at 10 a.m. and not have breakfast? Yes, no. That was the end of the relationship. I never heard from her again. I never spoke to her again. All the relationships that I ever had with her family, her cousin, all the people there and everyone else was gone forever. And was I okay with that? Absolutely. What did it teach me? That, hey, I do what's right. I am not going to be a slave to money. I am a person who is a slave to change. Like, you're going to have to adapt to this and say, you know what? You're right. I fucked up. I'm going to do this. And so, to be honest with you, that last month, that last February, I did not want to be there anymore. I was like, man, I hate going down there. Those students, they weren't dry. Out of all those 85 to probably 100 students that I had at the time, they started just, just going down and down and down. From December into January, I still remember the only class, the intermediate class that I had, where there were 15 students at one point, there were only two students, one of them knew. If I looked at another class, uh, the all the other classes that were like elementary, they didn't care about getting better. They didn't care about anything. It was a total waste of time. And so I told myself, especially going forward, I'm like, you know what? I've been doing this for quite a few years in this country. And it just seems like other than the, you know, doing some of the banks back in 2019 and nothing actually was brought up from that. What has it really gotten me? Has it got me ahead? Have I met new people or this or that? Nothing. So that's why I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to focus on me this year and my own business. And guess what? Students now from Mongolia, Kazakhstan, general English from all across South and Central America, things are really starting to work. And it's because I had to adapt and actually face what wasn't working to begin with. And so with that being said, I'm going to be or allow you guys to listen to this audio right here in regards to a change champion and someone who's just a dickhead about everything that goes on the attack with this woman. And so then after that, we're going to listen to the second half of it, and then we're going to go from there. So here we go. Three, two, one. Uh, Jack, you're good with computers. Can you have a look at this? Sure. What's the problem? 
There's something weird happening here. I've lost all the punctuation in this email. Um, Sue, you're not going to send it out like that, are you? Well, no, obviously, I'll have to put all the punctuation back first. I don't mean the punctuation. I'm talking about why you're imposing all these changes. I'm not imposing anything, Jack. I'm simply asking people to follow slightly different procedures. Besides, people always resist change at first, but they soon get used to it. Well, I don't think they're going to like it. That's all I'm saying. Oh, come on. It's just admin procedures. What's not to like about it? Well, for a start, I don't mind laying out the cost of a meal or a couple of nights in a hotel, but I don't see why I should have to pay for my own flights. We're not asking you to pay for flights, Jack. Just to make your own booking instead of going through the travel bureau. You know, online, it's pretty straightforward. True, but have you tried booking a flight online without a credit card? Or are you planning to give us all a company card? Hmm, I hadn't thought about that. And taking public transport instead of a taxi when you're travelling alone in a place like Africa or India, it can be pretty risky. Obviously, we understand there are exceptions. Well... I'm sorry, but that's not exactly the message that comes across. And do you realize how much time this is going to take, all this bureaucracy? I came to work here so I can help people have access to clean water, not spend all my time filling out expense claims. Oh, come on, Jack. I don't understand why you're reacting so strongly. Well, don't take my word for it. Ask other people. It seems to me if you send this email out as it stands, you're going to have a rebellion on your hands. Wow. With that being said, this is someone, and listen, I'm a person, I always say facts over feelings. And I understand. Okay. First and foremost, with the whole flight thing, problem solved. Okay. Book at the hotels, this, that. Okay. Public transportation. Okay. Now, Africa's a continent. It's not a country. So let's go back that. Let's go back to that and let's fix that. Okay. However, Algeria is okay to take public transportation, depending on what you wear. Thailand is totally fine in terms of taking the train. Singapore is the safest country on the planet. Korea, Japan, you name it, you know? And again, I totally understand about different parts of Africa and especially India. But this is what happens when you take things very personally. And that's the saddest part about it, you know? But we're going to listen to the second part of this in regards to him approaching this from a lighter sense so let's see exactly what we have here and then we're going to go from there so here we go we got a couple of things we're going to address and then we're going to go straight in so three two one you said you wanted to work hello ed yes have a seat I showed this email to Jack and he went crazy. I don't get it. You know this organisation as well as anyone. What's the big deal? All staff. Changes will be introduced. Travel must be approved. Staff are also reminded. Ensure these changes are implemented. Uh-huh. Well, I think I can see why Jack took exception. You can? Yeah. And to be honest, I think you'll upset most people if you send it out like this. What do you mean, like this? Well, let's just say the style is kind of impersonal. Mm. Lots of passives. Um, staff should do this or that. Ah. All right, I was in a hurry. I'll make it more collaborative. Right. 
More we's, fewer you's. Sorry. We are going to do this together, rather than you will do this alone. Ah. Okay. I take the point. But I still don't understand why he got so upset about a few small administrative changes. You know, even very small changes can become big issues when people don't see the benefits. Yes, I suppose so. People need to know why. Why we're changing the procedures? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Raising funds is getting more and more difficult, so we need to make every penny count. Every pound we save on travel is an extra pound we can spend on wells and pumps in Africa and Central America. Jack knows that. Of course he does, but you didn't mention it. Mm. And people aren't going to think about that when you're telling them to book their own flights or use public <laughs> transport. They'll just see the inconvenience for them. You've got to get people on your side first. Explain why we need to make the changes and show them the benefits for everyone. Like having more control over when and how they travel? Exactly. Yes, I suppose I should have mentioned that. It would definitely help. Of course, what might be even better would be to actually identify the people most directly concerned before you start making the changes. Mm. You mean the people with the most air miles? People like you? Well, yeah, people like me. We can probably make helpful suggestions, become your change champions. And help convince the others the changes are a good idea. I understand. Talking of helpful suggestions, Jack was worried about using his own credit card to book flights. But we can't give everybody a company credit card. Any suggestions? Well, yes. You know you can get those virtual credit card numbers. You give people a one-time use number to book their flights. The company's billed and nobody can ever use that number again. Now that's really clever. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate it. Well, you've got to provide the tools and resources people need. One other suggestion. Yes. How about circulating the figures on how much we've saved each month? Maybe even get people together to discuss which projects need that extra money. To keep communicating and consolidating the new procedures. Yes, you're right. Thanks, Ed. You're a real change champion. I owe you one. Okay. And there it is. So a lot of you probably could have taken some notes in regards to that. Some very good pointers in terms of you should, you should, you should. That's more of a personal than obviously a collaborative in terms of we, we, we. The whole credit card thing, I thought that was a brilliant idea too. Uh, I haven't done anything in terms of transportation and stuff. Probably like the last seven years was the last time I did a couple of special projects where I was totally reimbursed and did a like a little two up. What is it? A two day project at a university where I used to work. A, well, not used to work in the province. I used to work initially 10 years ago. Uh, and again, right after everything was done, we stopped to get some dinner and then he gave us our envelopes. So we got everything just like that. And so I thought it was a fantastic. It was at a time where, you know, you just had to take out as much money as you can too. But now obviously everything could just be QR code and everything like that. But nonetheless, man, ah, that is a very good approach in terms of looking at it from the people who are a little bit higher and then facilitating downward rather than just looking at just the everyday employees and stuff like that. And so again, 
people need to know why it's going to work for them rather than the, (laughs) I guess you could say, quote unquote, selfish benefits of the company itself, right? And so with that being said, so many different things have happened with big companies canceling a lot of, you know, uh, this happening, that's happening. Elon Musk, one of the worst CEOs in the world, like one of the biggest dickheads in the world. Oh my God, he just says, go back to work or you're fired. You're fired, you're fired. Just firing everyone. I'm like, dude, like- Oh, my God. And it's so funny because so many of his fanboys are going to look up to him no matter what. But that type of nonsense is the shit that we got to get away from. That lack of empathy is the garbage we must get away from. And so there are a lot of different things, but it all starts with you and asking these right questions. So with that being said, people, thanks for tuning in. See you in the next one. Over and out.